So hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Salad Cast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner on this Sunday evening. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's been a busy week with uh, two games, hasn't it? Obviously, I, I slept all the way up to, Black, uh, to Bradford in the week, Ollie, which was a, a fair old journey, which we'll get to, and then a home game um, at home to uh, Bristol Rovers on Saturday. So, yeah, quite a bit to digest, really, because two, I suppose, quite different performances for me. You haven't watched them. Yeah, I, I didn't go to Bradford. I was in no. in, in Paris and listening to um, yeah, listen to I Follow, listen to the game, fortunately, mm-hmm. obviously being a, an FA Cup game, I couldn't watch it, so that was a shame. Yeah, it's so normally you watch them back, don't you? It's been a bit of a crazy few weeks for me. I've done so many travelling. Yeah, my <laughs> CO2 emissions is quite high in the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, hopefully. I'm actually going to the Netherlands tomorrow, then after that, oh, hopefully. Yeah, not travelling so much after that. But anyhow, that's his life. But yeah, you obviously went all to Bradford, and yeah, you had a bit of a, uh, let's say, a nightmare journey, so we'll get into that. But before we do that, yes. just a bit of trivia for you, Glenn. Oh, ah, okay. This is replacing the joke section, is it, Ollie? Yeah, this is replacing the joke for this week. So, do you know why 606 is called 606 and how it came about? I'm going to assume it's because the show always started at six minutes past six after Sports Report. Yeah, so that's close. So, um, basically, um, they were going to call it like the Danny Baker phone-in show or something yeah. like that. And they didn't. They basically didn't tell the Radio Times in time the name of the show. Right. So, so the Radio Times effectively named it because they just basically put, ah. you know, put the time and put phone in. Um, so they kept it. So yeah, six oh six, obviously the time, and they just kept phoning, and that's how they that's how they kept the name. Yeah, so they kept go. the six oh six. Yeah, good, good, good bit of knowledge. I, yeah, I assumed it was because you know you you always get sports report on Radio Five, don't you, on a Saturday after the match, and then yeah. you don't normally get the phone until six o'clock. So I'd assume that as well. Yeah, good knowledge. I shall remember that. I'm sure. I'm sure, there'll be a situation to bring that up in one day. That everyone will be uh, appreciative. I mean, better than your joke, Ollie. So that was good. <laughs> so yes, um, but back to back to more important things uh, away from trivia moment. Um, yes, Bradford, you talked about my nightmare journey. There. I was going to talk about this in the next section, but it, I'll probably just reflect it now in the intro. Yeah, I suspect a few town fans got caught up in it, and there was a an accident between Wrexham and Chester, and it was an hour of delay. So I left at four fifteen to get to Bradford, and, well, I, and I turned early. up two turned up two minutes after kickoff. So and it's not that you know it's not that far to Bradford, is it? So yeah, anyone else that got stuck in that traffic this week, I uh, I feel your pain. But we'll move on to Bradford game, Ollie, um, because it was worth all the hassle of getting there. Um, it should be one out uh, one nil victory. So um, progression in the FA Cup, and we'll move on to that game now. Hibbert cleared, and he throws Dunfield, Dunfield, oh, what a goal! It is like a dream on the half volley! So, FA Cup, Tuesday night replay, Shrewsbury Town um, won, 1-0, yes. um, with a Dave Dangerous Edwards goal in the, <laughs> um, in the 66th minute. Quite a low attendance for Bradford, mm. um, 3-8-8-8, which kind of maybe maybe cheekily suggests how many fans they'd have if they didn't have the really super cheap um, season ticket. <laughs> um, 172 Hardy Town fans made the trip um, to Bradford, so fair play to those guys. In terms of team, uh, Murphy was in goal, Ebanks came back in, Williams, Beckles, Love, Goldborn, then in central field, so Walker was um, kind mm. of rewarded for his good play in the leasing.com trophy, I think that's what it's called. Um um, and with playing partner in Norburn, and we had Wally and Laurent kind of off Cummings. Yeah, so same tactic really that we've been playing, even though the personnel was a little bit different, particularly with Walker getting that sort of uh, one of the sort of sitting in midfielder roles, which uh, he hasn't done in the league for quite a while, has he? So interested to see him getting a chance, and I suppose it does show a little bit that Ricketts, you can kind of say that when, when people are in good form, maybe in those competitions that are outside of the, the important league games um, and, and cup games in circumstance, you know, those those leasing dot trophy games obviously do give players a chance to state their claim a little bit more than maybe we thought they did, Ollie. Yeah, it's good to see him get a chance. Um, obviously, we did see him kind of make his start for Shrewsbury yep. in that, um, yeah, 
quite poor game at Ludlow. <laughs> um, but you never know. You always have to give players chances and players can improve. So, yeah, overall, guess just as a view on Walker now, were you quite pleased with him? Well, uh, we'll get to that as we run through the game. Okay, I, I, it, it didn't really stand out to me, but um, uh, it was, wasn't a game where many stood out for different reasons as we get to. But, um, yeah, as I said, so I, I, I can't comment on the first two minutes, Ollie. I wasn't there. However, having talked to a few fans at half-time about the football we missed, we, we didn't miss anything. And to be honest with you, I, I, we could have turned up 15 to 20 minutes late and we wouldn't really have missed a great deal in this game. It wasn't a, a classic money stretch of the imagination, but I suppose these sort of tense um, FA Cup ties, sometimes they're not, are they? So, um, But yes, after we got there, we did have the first chance, which was uh, in the very early stages, really, where um, Cummins played a ball into Goldborn, who did really well to beat his man, and he laid it off to Brad Walker, who fired over and... We talked about Walker just then. You're asking what I thought about him. He struck. He, he had a bit of an influence on the game, but one of the things that was noticeable, I think, in the game, he had in total three shots from range, all over the bar. Um, and it seems to be that he seems to have caught the curse that a lot of our central midfielders have sometimes in shooting from range, in that we never hit the target. So, not great. Um, um, but after that, yeah, I think after that, that good first chance for us, we became second best, Ollie. Um, and Bradford did get on top of us. They they played very direct, much like that first game. Um, and at times they did trouble the defence. And you probably read the reports about it, but there was a lot of chances that they had and, and creating in the area where we were sort of scrapping it away. Someone would get a foot on it. Someone would get a head on it. And um, I did notice that Lewis Cox was probably a little bit you know, harsher on them than I was. You know, I thought they were dealing with stuff, but Lewis was a bit more concerned in the, in the press about how many chances they were giving up. Um, um, which maybe was an indication of what was come on Saturday, but uh, I thought I thought we were just doing enough. I couldn't really be too critical to defence at that point. Um, and yeah, we had a lot to deal with. Really, it was interesting. One of the things I'd bring up is Bradford. I can't remember they did this in the first game, Ollie, but for their corners, they put everyone on the line. Did they do that in the home game? Do you remember? Yeah, they, they did yes, form a line. They did. That was um, it. And, yeah, try and put the balls in the box. It's quite effective, you know. I don't. I know they didn't score from it, but it certainly unsettled our normally unrufferable backline when they did that. So, they, yeah, they kept kept doing that tactic. Um, that that didn't really help us, but we did we did clear it all out. Um, and then yeah, we did have a fair bit of the ball, Ollie. And, and at the start of the season, mate, we were talking about how town would be suffering in the percentage stats, weren't we? Like we were down at thirty eight percent. That was sort of the traditional chat. And we are seeing more of the ball, aren't we, in these games? But again, in this one, it's probably reflective of a few games recently. We didn't, we just didn't have that penetration. But do you think there's you know been a change to, that Ricketts has said? You know, let's try and get a bit more of the ball and, and start imposing our game, even though that last bit's not really happening, the, the sort of attacking stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think we're getting a bit more comfortable playing with each other. Possibly, yeah. I wouldn't say that necessarily we're better on the ball, <laughs> as we saw on, 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 on Saturday, um, even though the possession, te- possession te- um, you know, average did go up. So, yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. I think maybe we're getting better, but I wouldn't say we're a great passing side yet. No. Um, we're not really dominating play. Um, maybe it's just, you know, it's a bit of a case that we're playing teams that don't really keep the ball that much and Rovers are definitely a counter-attacking team. Um, um, but Bradford yeah. were. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I was just going to kind of comment to that, that even though we had a lot of the ball and we were, we were passing it around quite nicely in the sort of defensive areas and then trying to get it into midfield, you know, they'd pass it around in there nicely, but you never really felt like someone was just going to spot a Cummings run or see something, a little gap they could thread a ball through and put us away. It was a bit more, uh, a bit more difficult for us to do that I think than, than I wish it was but we did also look like we were worried about the pace that Bradford attacked with and as I said they've been having a good season we said that in this last podcast and they've got some pretty talented attacking players and they have got a bit of pace going forward and that's where they really worried us the most I suppose in the first half but um, yeah we, we managed to see that off as much as possible but they definitely had the, the sort of best chance of the half Ollie. Um they got in behind Goldborn um, and then they fired this cr- close range cross a little bit like we're all trying to score get down the wing put a very simple cross into someone in the centre and then just pop it into the net 
they did do that. Um, but luckily, to be fair to Murphy, he got right behind it. It was at, at him generally. Uh, he did fantastic to p- sort of power, power it away. And then the rebound fell in the box. And um, I think it was uh, Rashawn Williams came across and, and blocked the rebound, which would probably have gone in anyway. So at that point in time, you, you, you thought that was probably fair on a reflection of the game, that they'd been creating these good chances. And if they'd have scored then, it probably wouldn't have been that harsh. But... Um, you know, Murphy's been doing all right. Again, this game of two halves for him this week, I suppose. But, you know, he'd been doing all right in the last few weeks and he'd still deserved that start in the Bradford game for me, Ollie. Yeah, I think that's fair in terms of you were doing quite well up until this weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at half time, how did you kind of feel? Um, did you feel, yeah, which is going to be a long, long night? <laughs> I felt like I was going to go to penalties. Because, um, you know, we were going straight to penalties in the FA Cup now, don't we? There's no, there's no extra time at this level. Um, and... There hadn't been many chances in the game in general. I've just talked about that best chance there. Norman didn't stand out in the game for me that much. Um, there was one moment, Ollie, where he did a little creef turn into a couple of defenders, and it was just one of those things that was like a, a little bit smarter there. You know, that he's got the ability to do that little turn, but you don't do it when you're surrounded by two players and a game where he sort of coughed the ball up. Um, but the half petered out, Ollie. So, you know, the lack of chances. It was a dull game. We got in at half time, 0 0. It was probably on balance of play fair-ish you know Bradford could have probably complained they weren't ahead um, but yeah I thought it was probably going to penalties mate <laughs> I would have been quite excited to see penalties but uh, I, little did I know about what was going to happen in the second half and um, Ricketts is changing it around really Cool so yeah what, what happened in the second half? Yes yeah, so essentially it went on for about 10 minutes pretty similar to what it had been in the first half a very dull um, attritional game I didn't really talk about it but it was one of those nights up north Ollie where rain sort of misty rain it was absolutely freezing you know coming from the car into the game as well um although we had to run so that kept us warm um so it was one of those nights where it was a proper horrible north north bradford kind of weather and i think that maybe played a part into why it was so tough the game um but yeah so it kind of went on again um one thing i noticed in that opening section of the of the first half that i thought is worth commenting on was again cummins was again making really good runs ollie you know trying to get around the back of people um you know making sort of interesting uh, runs Wally was doing it as well to be fair for a bit but still no one could find him and I, I think I'm going to complain about this a lot over the next few weeks Ollie is that he, he must be getting fed up of making those runs and still not being found because it is interesting like the, the role we're playing him in it still feels like we're still trying to get down the wings and, and put it in a score doesn't it and he can be there and finish it that's fine but there's so I think there's so much more to him as a player that we're still not tapping the best out of yeah, he's definitely working really mm. hard, but he's not getting that many goals. But in, in his defence, he's not getting that many chances to score no, either. None. Um, and yeah, you know, he's definitely the kind of player that yeah loves to score goals. Um, and yeah, he must be feeling a bit frustrated. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it was noticeable in that first period, particularly. I thought, and he doesn't seem to be getting annoyed with it so far outwardly, but you'd, you'd suspect inside he might be. Um, but as I said, up until Dave Edwards came on, on fifty-four minutes, it was pretty similar pattern. You know, I think that. Bradford probably shaded the opening 10 minutes. They did have a couple of shots and a couple of moments in attacking positions, which, we again, we did well to defend. I think Murphy made one good save in that um, that period as well. Murphy did well coming out and claiming a couple of the corners as well. I talked about how difficult they were, and he, he did solid with that. But really, the, the game changed on 54 minutes um, because he brought Dave Edwards on for... Walker and again I, I thought he was pretty average Walker um, he tried to get forward a few times in the game but certainly when we were looking at first substitutions he was the one that stood out for me um, and Dave's obviously been doing well in recent weeks um, he probably can't play all these consistent games so he's going to have to play one maybe be on the bench one and, and keep switching it around but his impact when he came on was fantastic and I, I know we're going to get to the goal in a minute where he obviously scored and, and won us the game but what he did as soon as he came on was start making forward runs, making there be an extra man in the box. When he got the ball in midfield, his passing range was really good. He stood up, was strong in the tackle, and 
just again, he's showing that upward trajectory of improvement for me, Ollie. What um, did he? Um, what kind of impact did he have on the players around him? Yeah, I, I, I was wondering that myself. It's, it's a really interesting question because you know he's this kind of slightly iconic player for us at the moment, isn't he? Of, of his history with us and where he's from and that local boy. And you know, do players raise their level a little bit when Dave Edwards comes on I with mean, his also experience? About his ability as well, yeah, his yeah. experience and his ability playing yeah. in the Premier League. That's very true. And I think, do you raise your game there? And you think, oh, Ed, Dave's on here. You know, I know, we all know how important it is for Dave to get wins for his football club. You know, does it kind of bring up that level? I think maybe there's a little bit of that. I just think that, you know, when you're replacing Brad Walker with Dave Edwards, you're having a massive upgrade, despite how old Dave is. He's just a better football player, Ollie. Um, and that was noticeable for me. You know, it definitely changed the vibe of the game. Interestingly, Laurent sat a little bit deeper after the change, Ollie, which, you know, we'll get to how well he played against Bristol Rovers, but he's got that side of him where he can do that job of sitting in a little bit deeper as well. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. He sat a bit deeper on his average position versus Norburn on Saturday as well. Okay, yeah, interesting. Well, maybe that's the, the way to unlock it. You know, he's if you put him back another 5, 10 yards, maybe he's got that little bit of space to run into and he's better to be able to intercept balls and, and make it a tackle easier and, and then find that space to run into and go past the player. Because, yeah, it's been noticeable in the last few games when he sat deeper that maybe he has more of an impact. So, who knows? Maybe that's what's unlocked his sort of in, improvement, really. Because one of the things I've noticed over this week, um, particularly with these two games, is people are talking about Laurent maybe having made a step up and how good he's getting. And interesting, I was talking to my dad, I was, was round up my dad's again as usual on Sunday, and he was saying if Laurent plays like he has done uh, my dad didn't come to Bradford but I told him he was good um, but obviously he saw the game on Saturday he was like if he keeps playing like that he's going to be one of those players that we're going to be fending bids off for in January or, or the summer transfer window and I said Pro, probably not January but potentially someone might start to look at him in the summer transfer window because he's, he's starting to pick his form up isn't he yeah he's, we've always said he's got the physique um, and the physical attributes yeah, now he's trying to get, to get some goals, so that's good for him to see. Obviously, you need to see it over a bit of a longer period, but yeah, you're right just to highlight that he's yeah he's upping his he's upping his performance levels. Yeah, he's on the forward trajectory, isn't he, in terms of form at the moment? Where some of the players, you know, are either just holding on to the good form they had, or or maybe taking a little step backwards. But you know, when we get to our Christmas time period, where we sort of review the first half of the season, we can look at who's kind of had those ups and downs, really. Um, but yeah, as I say, as soon as Edwards came on, I think we were the better team for for the for the remaining part of the game, really. And um, as I say, we were, we were much better, holding on to the ball, passing it round, and as I say. We got the goal on, I think it was 60-odd 60, 60 minutes, 64 minutes. Um, really nice, exactly how Ricketts is trying to score. Donald Love down the right, cut back across into the box. Dave Edwards makes that little little run ahead of his man. I thought it might have been offside. I think the Bladford manager thought it was offside. But um, looking at it again on the replays, I think it was probably fine. And yeah, just tapped it into the, into the net really from close range. And yeah, you said, you said the, the, I can't remember what you had described in the intro, but it, it was vintage Dave Edwards, I think. Yeah, and what kind of goal was it? Were you pleased with the goal? Was it a, a nice finish? And you were, yeah. I imagine everyone went mental. It's nice to see them do that, you know, score that goal. We've, we've had so many balls into the box that which have been defended away. It was finally nice to see that kind of thing work for once. And um, yeah, it was only 172 of us there. So everyone did go mad and it was great. Edwards scored and everyone sort of likes that. I stupidly tweeted, I think I was just too cold and befuddled from the long journey that um, I thought it was great to see Dave Edwards score a league goal, having totally forgotten that it was an FA Cup tie, Ollie. So that was a bit embarrassing. But yeah, everyone was dead chuffed. And, and you know, once we've gone ahead, last few weeks I've been saying I've, I'm always confident we'll hold on to these leads now, and obviously it proved to be the case. And yeah, it was, it was just great to see him there. And one of the things about Edwards, which was really funny for folks that weren't there, is that obviously Wales were playing the qualifier, Ollie, um, to to get to the European Championships in 2020. And obviously, you know, he normally goes and does the coverage for Sky TV for Welsh games, doesn't he, or, or BBC punditry on the radio. So he obviously would have been really keen on it. And there was times when people were sort of shouting to him when he came near the byline what the score was. It was like it's two 0 Wales, Dave. And one point he looked up and you could see sort of gave a big smile to someone in the crowd which is fantastic at the end of the game however some some bloke had come down from the back and Edwards has come 
over to clap the town fans and he was shouting, it's free two to Hungary at Dave. And at foot, you could just see David look up and think, oh, it's not, is it? And then he, and then he could see a smile on the, te- the fans face and it was sort of laughing then. So, um, yeah, he had a really nice night, didn't he? Edwards scored a goal, got a win for his hometown club and his, and his national team got to the Euros. Good night. Yeah, good night, good night, good night <laughs> for Dave and for the Welsh Salopians. Yes, um, I'm sure there were a few there as well. Exactly. So, how did the game end? Was it was it an easy see out or? It was relatively easy, Ollie. Um, you know, nowhere near as pressured as say Peterborough or Sunderland. Um, Bradford, to me, tired as the game went on a little bit. Maybe that's that little bit of a lack of fitness that you can get in League Two. Um, they didn't play at the weekend either, so they, you know, I thought that might have been an effector. But I think they they definitely tired and they definitely ran out of ideas then because we we did the usual thing. Dave, you know, the rest of the midfielders, Norburn, Lauren, all sat in their positions, pretty intransigent. Backline were just hard to break down. And they didn't really have many massive chances. They had one big final chance near the end, um, which they put a free kick in, but Murphy did really well to save. There was a couple of corners we headed away. Um, and, and that was it, really. I thought we, we fairly comfortably sorted out and, and progressed in the cup, which is fantastic. Yeah, caught them obviously got Mansfield um, next Saturday, so that's our reward yep. um, for, for getting through. Um, which is great. So, yeah, in terms of... Um, performances who who got in your top three uh, so for me I would give Edwards for his impact when he came off the game was meandering towards a draw or a loss without him in all honesty and and his impact was so big that I think it's one of those rare situations where you can say someone came on in 54 minutes and was so good that they deserved the man of the match award clinching goal and, and was disciplined when we needed to sit in and defend so I'm more than happy to give Edwards man of the match but of the players that, that played the most most of the game I would give it to second place to Goldborn who's who's really really just doing well most games now quietly consistently every game getting forward better defending really solidly so I gave him second place and for similar reasons I gave Love third place really because as a, as a pair of wingbacks really they did offer real good outlets but were also hard to beat. And so, um, yeah, that was my top three. Cool. Any other kind of standout players or any, any kind of notable extras you'd, you'd share? Yeah, Beckles. I was close to putting Beckles in. I thought he did work really well in that game um, in terms of... it's It's been interesting that Beckles, for me, was always, I thought, the one that Ricketts was, was going to be the one to drop. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. Because he'd been dropping him when he went, bef- you know, last season at times. But I actually think he's been so good and has been warranting starting these games. And obviously, then he went on to start against Bristol Rovers, which you know we'll come to later on. But to me, I think that it was really interesting that he's been someone that Ricketts is. I think he's totally convinced Ricketts now, and I don't think that was the case maybe at the start of the season. So I think that's great for for Omar, isn't it? Really, that yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, other than players, though, Murphy did well enough. Um, Defence were really solid. Uh, I don't really think I can't think of anyone else I haven't really talked about. Really, I think I've mentioned all, all the players. Really, I think Faye came off the bench was lively when he did. Um, for me, the ones that underwhelmed a little bit were Norburn and, and possibly Wally at times. But I think Wally ended up getting a knock and I'm not sure he where did. we started with it because there was times where he was, he was not quite as dynamic as usual. So I'm, I'm giving him a bit of a pass on that. But in general, a, a solid um, you know, uh, workman-like performance when we needed to do it. Cool. Yeah. So we're not going to do um, Sam Ricketts post-match. Just going to share a few comments from Dave Edwards. So he said it was nice Great. to get a goal just for the fans. I think the, um, the the trip in this cold weather on Tuesday night deserves so much credit, and I can't thank Manor for doing that. <laughs> I liked hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice to, um, it's nice to be in the hat for now for second round home tie against Manfield, and we'll be confident to go and get a win. I hope sure, we yeah. get another cup run. And then yeah, then in terms of like getting the goal, it was nice to to go and do it, and the, the closest end to the Shrewsbury fans. See, my last two goals have been in empty stadiums, so it's nice to score <laughs> in front of the way fans. Big credit goes for Donald for the ball, though. Um, so yeah, some nice comments um, from from Dave. And um, yeah, obviously it was really nice for town fans to to celebrate. And I yeah had a, a little cheer in on, on my own in a hotel room in Paris as the goal went in, listening to BBC Shropshire. And yeah, I, I did feel a bit sorry for you guys because yeah, it was going to be a long night home with 
I'm sure there were some motorway closures and all sorts to, to kind of do, get do you know through what? as well. There wasn't actually, to be fair. No? I, we oh, got home pretty quickly. Change. I mean, got home at about two minutes to midnight, I did, which is not horrendous from Bradford. So we had a pretty straight drive through and we'd have been back quicker, but I had to get a KFC on the way, Molly. I was starving. So um, we hadn't any time to eat because of being stuck in the traffic on the way up. So, and then I got there. I only had enough money to pay for me and my mate to get into the game and I had no leftover change and they didn't accept cards at Bradford's uh, so, concession. First so world problem. <laughs> it was first thing we did was that got to that first service station on the M62 and was like, oh God, we need some food. So, um, yeah, but no, it wasn't wasn't so bad on the back. And and it, I'm just gonna before we move on to the next game, that is a really interesting point about Edwards, isn't it? That he scored in the checker trade twice, well, sorry, yeah. the leasing.com in front of like a thousand fans both times, and now he scored his first FA Cup goal since returning in front of like three thousand fans. So at some point, hopefully, he's gonna break the five thousand fan mark and score in a league game. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was gonna happen on Saturday. We'll get to get to this Bradford game, but but it didn't, um, which is unfortunate. So I, I can't wait for him to score his first league goal, even though I thought he had at the weekend. So um, yeah, we'll see where we funny. go. Yeah, you. Yeah. Thought he'd scored um, on Tuesday <laughs> night, didn't you? In the league, I did, that cold, yes. you got a bit confused. What an idiot! Um, but there we go. So, yeah, FA Cup. We'll, we'll discuss Mansfield, I suppose, uh, at the end of this podcast because that's yep. our next game, isn't it? But um, we'll, we'll move on now to the Bristol Rovers game. So, second game this week then, uh, we were back in league action at home to Bristol Rovers, who having a pretty decent season, I suppose, just a little bit above us in the table. So, to me, still as a game to show if we could take that next step, um, and we didn't. But, uh, yes, we we lost 4-3 at home in a pretty mad game for a number of reasons, Ollie, um, as we're going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about. Um, but, yeah, 6,235 fans there, which was great. Um I've been talking this season only about our attendances being down on the corresponding games last season. This bucked that trend. This is the first one where we had more fans here against Bristol Rovers this season than we did last season. However, they brought a lot more than they did last year, but there were also more town fans. So, yeah, maybe we're starting to see maybe a, a trend being bucked there as we're mid-table now and people are maybe tr- starting to come back and see what it's all about. But, yes, I won't go through all the goal scorers. I think we'll do that as we go through, Ollie. Um But, yeah, they brought they brought 800 fans um, and... They were happy when they left, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it was not the not the result that we were hoping for. Not. Um, and yeah, it was, I think it's a game that is um, dominated by errors. Um, but errors, let's I think it's fair to say, created by um, sensible tactics um, by by man's by um, um, Bristol Rovers. And Rovers' form had been good, didn't it, into this game, Ollie? Yeah, they had. They've been doing really well. So they they were just above us in the table. But in the last five games, um, they they were unbeaten. Um, and the last two games they'd won one nil, so obviously strong defensively as well. So yeah, two teams going into the game and with strong defences, um, and both teams play at the same formation as well, which I thought was quite interesting. So they play three at the back um, as well as us. Um, so who started for Town? So I suppose the, I'll run through the team and we'll talk about the changes that people might have been expecting. But yes, Murphy kept his place in goal. Um, the back three were Williams, Pierre and Beckles. Um, and then Love and Goldborn kept their places. Laurent and Norburn in central midfield, maybe a little bit deeper, with Thompson and Edwards behind Cummings as the more attacking midfielders. So a few things to pick apart there, really. Murphy, Max O'Leary. I mean, it's hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think, for me, I would have wished we played Max O'Leary now. Um 
but yeah, I, I, it would have been harsh before the game to say that because Murphy hadn't really done anything wrong. So it, it, that was a big call, really, wasn't it, for Ricketts, the goalkeeper one? Yeah, it was a big call. And I think he did the right thing in terms of choosing Murphy. You know, he deserved his place. And I think for squad harmony and politics and man management, you need to reward players, good performances and keep them in the team. Um, I don't think he'd done anything to deserve to be dropped up to this point. No, and Edwards coming back in was fair because of what I've just discussed at the Bradford yeah. game, and obviously Walker wasn't at, at the required standard really. And if you're gonna if you're gonna play two sitters, you know, more sitting midfielders, Laurent and Norburn are, are almost certainly better than and than Walker as well. And again, a slight rotation of the of the defenders as well, just to um to freshen that really because um, Eel was probably a big call to drop yeah. him because at Bradford he was good and he's not been going and playing international football in Grenada so he should have you know a bit less jet lag and bits and pieces like that so dropping him was looking back again another pretty big call because I don't I don't personally think he deserved to lose his place yeah no I think he'd, he I think he'll definitely be starting the next game yeah um, but I think it's fair yeah I think you made good points there two of the um, two of the players in terms of travelling um, in terms of performances and I think a couple of, I think yeah We'll come on to the players who I think probably need a rest. But yeah, I was, I was a bit of a shame, maybe Ebanks. But you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe he was a little bit um, fatigued or had a knock or something. You don't know, possibly, do you? But... Possibly, yeah. It wasn't in the post-match interviews or anything I've read. So um, we, you know, at the moment, you can only make the assumption that he just thought that those were the three best defenders for the game, as he said before. So um, hopefully it comes out he's not injured because he's a fantastic player and we need him. But uh Yes, we'll we'll come there. Uh, you 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 normally you know I saw you at the game on Saturday. We were both there. We should just say um, losing our minds talking to each other when a goal went every now and again, saying what do you fancy here, Ollie? Um, but yeah, normally you watch the game back, but you've 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 not been able to do that today, Ollie. No, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It wound me up too much. I think with the, the defensive areas. Um, so I just stuck to the extended highlights to help me with the um, with the um, yeah match prep um, and yeah analyzing some of the moments and um, which we'll come on to which I was wrong on so that's quite interesting yeah um, so I think it's fair to say we didn't start this game very well no <laughs> so no. I'd say Bristol Rovers started with a lot more tempo um, and it's quite interesting that when they attack they attack in numbers and they press in numbers and then they're shy to kind of push men forward. Um, which I thought was quite interesting, and yeah, it wasn't the um, the best start. And I think um, this mistake from Beckles, where he tried to basically do something quite clever on the ball um, and fluffed his lines, yes. um, was probably a bit of a a bit of a, a summary for the whole game, really, where players were not many of them really a kind of top notch performance. Well, he made a mistake, didn't he? And they, they obviously got the ball, ran in, and we, we sort of, you know, I said we got away with that mistake because they shot, sort of had a shot and it went wide for a corner. I was like, phew, got away with that mistake from Beckles. But actually, we didn't because it caused them to get a corner that obviously led to the first goal, didn't it? Um, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about the goal in a minute. But it, it's interesting to just talk about Bristol Rovers in general that I think you made an observation, Ollie, which I, I'm not sure it was in the agenda because um, I should have read it through, Ollie. But you said at the game, they were playing the same tactic, but it shows you can play that tactic very differently. They had midfielders who weren't afraid to run at players and try and beat them, whereas we overly relied on our wing-backs to be the ones to be beating a man and the midfielders to sort of be getting up as a, as a unit, really, I suppose. It, it, interesting, you've got to have the right players to do that, I guess, and we've only really got Wally uh, who can kind of properly beat a man. I don't think Norburn can do it. Lawrence getting better at it. I'll give him some credit. Um, but it, did, it was interesting about how that tactic for them looked slightly more dynamic than ours did. I think um, they were, they were, yeah. It's, it's something I mentioned on Twitter. Yeah, um, that they were running at us, dribbling at us. Um, they didn't, gi- they didn't give our back three any time on the ball. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, while they're playing the same formation, yeah, they would have had a totally different approach in terms of one, yeah, dribbling and also pressing a lot more. Um, so it was interesting to see how they played. And obviously it was something they thought would work well for them by pressing our, our central defenders. Um, and, you know, you know, we have been very complimentary about um, Beckles um, in recent weeks. Um, but we've, you know, the Fleetwood game was another one that makes comes to mind. Playing a right-footed central defender in uh, the left side is going to be a weakness. Mm. And I know he played left back, but because he played left back doesn't mean his left foot is his predominant position. He was played out of position. And for me, he got caught. I think that was a left-footed player. They would have probably kicked it first time. Yeah. But he tried to move on to his right and he got totally stuck. Um, and as you said, you know, they, they had a corner, which they hit to the back post. Love loses his wing back. He's the wing back he was tracking. Um, and yeah, Craig headers into the back of the net. And and to be fair, I think Rovers got their rewards for the better starts of the game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, it, it, it had that... It was only 11 feeling. minutes in, but they yeah. definitely started the brighter. They did. They looked they look more... They definitely looked look more attacking. Um, and it's interesting on Beckles because... And, and, I, and I talk about the defence as a whole here, really. We are... You know, I think if we were to say the thing we've been the most positive about on this podcast all season, and almost universally so, is how good the, the centre-backs have been. Whatever combination, really... There's only, there's only you know been a few games where we couldn't be complimentary, but when it when it doesn't work, the wheels have absolutely fallen off, haven't they? Like Rotherham in the cup, the Fleetwood game we let in three, the South End game we let in three, this game we let in four, and then every other game we're either keeping a clean sheet or only letting one in. There's it's like feast or famine, isn't it? And yeah. I don't know, I, I can't really make my head nor tail of that really. Whether there's something in it, whether them letting one or two goals in, or particularly in this game, if they let a goal in early, it's got them so sort of agitated and annoyed that it, the kind it kind of in, sort of helps that lack of concentration at times and makes them force the issue sometimes that leads to more mistakes. I, I don't know if there's something in that or it's just a, a, a you yeah. know a quirk of the game really. But maybe it's one we should try and share with Lewis Cox and Lewis can ask that question of, of Sam Ricketts because it's an interesting one. I think it's one of those questions that we probably need a few more games to to, to see that because it's only really happened. Um, well, we've had it three times now, haven't we, where we've feel, um, lost a load of goals and we've come back. Yep. So I guess it's four games we've lost quite a few goals. Ipswich, Accrington Stanley, yeah. Southend, and now Bristol Rovers. So we've actually lost quite a few games, goals in a number of games. But in most of those games, obviously, Ipswich won, obviously we drew a blank, but um, Stanley and Southend, we were managed to score enough to win. Yeah. We've got yeah. four. So it is really weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one and something just to keep a, an eye on. It'd be interesting if you know if the listeners have a have a view on why they think this happens. Uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, but but it's not the sort of thing like I know we conceded four yesterday, but it's not the sort of thing where I think oh the next few games we're going to be shipping goals. I'd still I'd back us to be keeping a clean sheet against Mansfield and going to Oxford and being really gritty and hard to break down and maybe only conceding one. It's like Saturday hasn't totally undermined my confidence in the defence, strangely, because of various issues during the game. So. It, it's quite it's quite a hard one to read with the defence, but yeah, it all came from that error, didn't it? And as you said, the first goal there wasn't much marking for the corner either, was there? You can you can point a few fingers at a few of the defenders there as well. Um, so as much as Beckel stood out for that, there was all there was almost certainly other issues in the defending for the corner as well, um, which is which is disappointing. Ricketts must like any manager hates conceding from a corner, don't they? Yeah, we do, and it, you know, especially when you've got three central defenders, you'd hope not to concede um, from set yeah. pieces. Um, but 
yeah, sometimes that's the way it goes. Um, mm, and I guess, yeah. yeah, something else to work on on the training ground. Yeah, and then I think you know the next thing was possibly the controversial moment of the game, Ollie. What? <laughs> Let's start with this. Now, for me, on the day, Thompson gets the ball. He absolutely, fair play, it's one of the runs of the season. He picks the ball yeah, up on the halfway does. line, smashes past one bloke, drifts past another. He round him as well to yeah. get the ball back. It's really funny. So strong. He's he's good on a run, isn't he? And that, again, yeah. we wanted to see more of that. And we wanted to see him play as well, so I was actually yes. quite excited to see him start. Was, yeah. So he does it, he goes past his man, he, he beats another man sort of on the edge of the box, goes round him and into the box. He's ahead of his man by, by a clear couple of feet, and the guy pulls him back. And also trips him at the back with his feet. Um, he goes down, and the whole of the meadows up. Penalty. It's like it's obviously a penalty to pretty much everybody there. And referee makes his announce announces his uh, role in this game to not give it. I was raging. I like that's the most annoyed I've been at a decision for quite a while. Um, but still more penalty for me on the day. Yeah, on the day it looked like he pushed him from behind. Yeah, watching yeah. it back, I watched it back, and I as I did a tweet, which I then had to kind of correct myself. <laughs> when I was watching it back, I was just looking for hands. Yes. Now, actually, if you look at his hands, I thought he pushed him there, but doesn't he actually? basically just kind of brushes his arm with his hand, and it clearly goes past. So you can see it between the camera and the player. You can see that he kind of brushes his arm. It isn't in the back, it's a brush. Now, it's funny, because I then posted those photos of the game, of the goal, and they say, no, he didn't touch his arm, it wasn't enough. I think the referee made the right decision. And then then a couple of people within a matter of seconds, so a guy called Tim, and then, um, then uh, Mark Elliott pointed out that actually got tripped. And did, I didn't yeah. notice that. I was so focused on the arm. Now I was wondering, you know, has my mistake almost made us come to maybe what the referee thought? The referee maybe Possibly, thought yeah. he just saw his arms. He was focusing on his arms as he was running. Didn't see the trip. Now, I watched it back about three times in slow motion afterwards. He clearly got tripped. Yep, definitely. Um, so for me, it was a penalty, but really oddly, not for the reason I thought it was in real time, which doesn't mean the decision was right. It definitely was a penalty. I can see why it was a hard one for the ref. But he wasn't a mile away, the referee, was he? You, 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 if you no, he's a lot see. closer than we were in, yeah, in, in yeah. the West Stand. But I'm just exactly. kind of saying, you know, what was he looking at? What was going on? But then also, the linesman was right there. So the linesman should have seen yep. that trip. Um, so poor refereeing and yeah, certainly did upset the time fans. <laughs> As we'll get to in a minute, the linesman apparently saw everything else that went on after that because it kicked off, didn't it? I mean, Thompson's on the floor. The keeper comes charging out and piles into Thompson. He pushes him, yeah. He, the keeper comes over and pushes Thompson. Yes, does it? Yeah, he comes over and pushes him. And then Pierre runs from about 40 yards back to go bar- barreling in there as well. Kind of kicks off into two little separate groups then, doesn't it? Of sort of people pushing and holding each other. And even though the referee didn't see the Stonewall penalty, after this had all been settled down, it went on for ages. Five people got booked, didn't they, in a really short period of time. Yep. And the referee was over well, the line. you say a the... short period of time, it took bloody ages. Well, it took ages, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in terms get... of action. Yeah, for a short period of time for getting five bookings, normally you'd probably wait 25 minutes across a court game for that to happen. But suddenly the linesman had seen everything. He was pointing out this player he's pointing out that player the fourth official got involved but he was talking to the managers as well God, it went on for ages it didn't book one of the managers but he looked like no. he was close to it and it, I think it maybe took I think what was the injury time at the end of the half was it five or six I can't remember well, it was but six minutes injury time but it was it. over yes. two three minutes for this whole moment so for me I don't know, maybe six months was fair in the end, but it didn't seem like long enough to me, probably because we yeah. were losing 2-0. And the weirdest thing, the bookings were a bit odd, weren't they? Because obviously Norburn got booked, uh, and yeah. Bayo for them he got, got no, booked. He got booked for almost like the second act of yeah. the melee where everyone started pushing and shoving again. And Laurent got booked, and yeah. then Thompson Jessica... got booked for diving. Yeah, he got All that's the actions harsh. you don't know. Well, I hope it's not for diving. That would be incredible. We'd appeal that if it was for diving. Because I, I, he just got knocked on the floor, and while it was all kicking off, I think he was sort of still on the floor at times, so... 
very odd situation. And the referee lost control at that point for me a little bit. You know, he was... It was all just the the sort of Graham Salisbury show, wasn't it? That's who refereed us. And he was going here, there and everywhere. And town fans were going mental. And for me, I have to say, I'm mad the town fans went in it and all the chanting. He he was so crap the rest of that half. He gave so many bad decisions. Um, little fouls that he was giving them that were nothing. And then we'd get sort of hacked down. I, it's been a long time since I've seen town fans that annoyed with the referee, Ollie. You know, it takes you back to the bad old days of League Two referees. But he, he was atrocious for me in the, in the first half. Yeah, he didn't have a he didn't have a good one. I mean, interestingly, <laughs> um, Graham Coughlin said that the referee got the simulation right ah, and Shrewsbury behaved cowardly, which I thought was um, if you're going to make comments like that, you now you've got to be whiter than white. And the fact that um, their players were kind of play acting, you know, really bad. Both two players went down. It's almost like they've been shot by snipers when they got their winner. Yeah. Um, so I think. I can understand potentially why some of it, like, you know, obviously it's his right to make comments, but I think if you're going to make rights for opposition players, you need to be whiter than white, and Bristol Rovers certainly aren't that. No, he's an ex-town player. He should be a bit nicer, really. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't ever want him as manager now. Get away with it. He, I uh... don't know. He's, he's got a good team, though. <laughs> they work hard. Um, and then yeah, we were doing... tough. We've toughed every time we played against them. And last season, he did a great job keeping them up. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm not necessarily I'd write him off, but he seems to get his team working hard. I know you're kind of being tongue in cheek there. I'm just a bit of Shrewsbury Town fan, Ollie. Exactly. You know, cross me once, that's it. You can be, be done <laughs> for that. But the whole thing was a, a nightmare, really, and it did cause what happened the rest of this game. It it just went mad, didn't it? And yeah, um, yeah the next thing happened, a go go out his, his shot, which went wide, and we were like, oh, phew, that's the that's the one chance a go go used to get in a game for us, and yeah. he missed it. So he's definitely not going to score, Ollie. <laughs> that's no, fine. he's definitely not going to score, especially <laughs> from that distance. Um, and then, yeah. But, yeah. Six minutes later, Rovers are two 0 up. So this is this is again another game, another goal flooded with errors. Um, so God. Love loses the ball. Rovers attack. Um, then then basically Norburn and Laurent run into each other, um, and the ball goes into the box. And Love clears. It comes back off and um, back into the box. And basically the player has a shot. The, the right wing back has a shot, but it's a bit of a crap shot. Um, and goes into a path of Clark, who just fires at home from six yeah. yards, and he's on his own. So. Just, yeah, loads of errors, um, bit of clamorous, and just very, very poor goal to dis- um, to concede. Um, and yeah, that puts us um, 2-0 down after 28 minutes. And they were fair, fair for 2-0 at that point. Outside of having scored two goals, they'd been the better team up until that point. I know we were still early on in the game. Um, but another self-inflicted run, really. The, the love, the sort of love issues and bits and pieces in it, that it was definitely an avoidable goal. I, I wouldn't blame Lock Murphy for the, for the, for the finish because he was just close in. But um, yeah, at that point, you were thinking, you know, we've got to go and get three goals to win this now. That's not really very Shrewsbury Town. Um, we would go on to get them and still not win, which is a bit bizarre. So, yeah, not a great goal, that one, again. And and I suppose we could just move on, really. I mean, the rest of the half for me, Ollie, was a, a tale of Bristol Rovers shading that first half, pretty much the rest of that first half. But we obviously nicked a goal back, which we'll come to. And, and for me, the rest of that half was like, well, we're one goal behind a half time. And that's pretty decent, considering the balance of play. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. It was a, it was a, a decent goal in a sense. Um, so Tracy Norburn um, had a free kick, um, basically kind of I don't know how to decide it, just over the halfway line. Um, it gets recycled, but then ends up with Pierre in the box, who does a really really nice turn. Unreal this. Does, yeah, does a really nice little cross into the six yard box, and Laurent just smashes it home and just runs off like a crazy madman um, to make it two one. And yeah, for me that's again it also for me is a good example of why you want Pierre maybe on the left, then he's got the license to push forward because he's probably the better 
um, in terms of, of the cent- three cent defenders pushing forward. Um, so rather if his century's got yeah. to sit. So, yeah, but I'm sure you must have enjoyed that goal. It was it was a decent one, to be fair. It was great. Really skillful from Pierre. You're right about Pierre being the one to push forward. There was a time in the second half where he went on one of those mad runs, wasn't there? And everyone just gets behind He's it. He's got and... pace. As, I, dare yeah. I say it, he has that Grandison-esque kind of, uh, kind of creates <laughs> havoc in the opposition defence. You were about to, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say it's the sort of thing that you'd see Grandison do and, and Is just it take them from me though. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It's made that's the most proud I've ever been of you, Ollie, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's true, and and you know he'll get rewards for that. And um, yeah, I think you know he's the one that I, w- I would play every week. He's the one to me that is the the the, the one of the four you don't drop. Um, he's just fantastic. But um, yeah, so guys, back in the game, and we'll get to half time really, where we were saying being one nil down wasn't wasn't the worst, was it? And you, you you could see us getting back into it if we improved our performance. Yeah, I tweeted the. Con- back is on um, <laughs> yeah. did I know it um, two minutes into the second half um, Christ we had <laughs> another error and yeah this was oh man this is doing? like this is not league one football this is like pub football <laughs> well I should just interject at this point that in the morning we had a, an away sports game um, versus the Shropshire Press so people from uh, Shropshire Star BBC Radio Shropshire Sport the, the, and BBC Radio Shropshire in general and the club's media team so that the two guys that work with Ian Whitfield and um, their intern and I think maybe a couple, the, the photographer was there and a few other bits and pieces from the club which is fantastic really because the, the guys from the away sports needed a game after the rain the last few weeks the game had been called off and this that game ended 18-5 would you believe um, to the away sports which was which is a bit harsh on the press team, to be honest with you. They, they created a fair few more chances than that. Um, but honestly, I, there was a fair few mistakes in an 18-5 game, but nothing as brainless as what Murphy did, I don't think. Yeah, it was terrible. So <laughs> so basically, a bit of a hoofball over the top from Rovers. Um, we had um, Pierre and Beckles chasing back. Um, but I don't know, I've watched it back a few times painfully. Um, and I think Murphy I just like misjudges kind of the, the bounce of the ball. Yeah, maybe. Um, and rather than hoofing it, he decides to head it. But he, doesn't he tries to do like a little cushioned header to someone, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. So he like heads a bit, then it goes straight to their player, and basically he just sh- like really nice shot. To be fair to you, you've got to give the yeah. lad um, his name Circum. You've got to give him credit. Fires home and makes it three one. And yeah, any kind of um, joy or optimism you had um, going into half time and during half time was absolutely killed within two minutes. Yep, it was. And reminded me a little bit that goal Madison scored away at Peterborough uh, in the Hurst yeah. season where he hit, hit it from sort of the byline. It was probably Man- a better Madison goal. was probably a bit, a bit more it was difficult, better, yeah. but you're right to say in terms of goalkeeper out of position. Yeah, Henderson came good out. And it's good comparison for those who, who haven't seen this goal yet. Yeah, and so, so you know, great finishing stuff. But, you know, for a man, we, we talked about Murphy and all his experience and that being the best thing he can offer ahead of Max O'Leary. You'd have thought, having played whatever it is, three, 400 games of professional football, he'd know in that situation the one thing you do is put your foot through it and put it into Rosetta Block 17. And then that's it. No or problem. The job back. Yeah, or on the railway back. Yeah, meal brace estate somewhere. Just not a little cushioned header to the striker. So, terrible. Frankly, absolutely terrible. And um, for me, that's the sort of mistake where I'll be like, yeah, quite happy. I'll have Max O'Leary back next week. But we'll talk about who we think should get dropped in a minute. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And, and yeah, you're right. Hope had kind of gone then, hadn't it? And um, you, you thought 3-1, it was going to be another massive task for us to get in. But let's get back to the to the usual one. When we're really in the shit in games sometimes, Ricketts does make some subs that do have massive impacts. And we've had a few this season. And obviously, Accrington we talked about. And there's been a few we've talked about this season. Obviously, you go back to Stoke last year as well. And he did it again, didn't he? So he made a, he made two subs at the same time, Giles and Fayon. 
legs, pace, direct running, the things that they'd been getting joy from, we brought two players on that could do that. And they certainly started to change the game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And interestingly, going back to that left-footed comment I made earlier, Goldborn goes to um, the um, left side of the back Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, And then, um, yeah, Giles uh, went um, left wing back. Um, And interestingly, throughout the game, their tactic was to really pin our full-backs back. And it was a bit of a, in terms of battle of the full back, wing backs, um, they were kind of a bit more committed and pushed us back. But then Giles came on, that pushed their whole team backwards massively. Um, because, yeah, one, we had pace, not just from Thompson, um, obviously in the start of the game. Now we had Giles on, on the left flank, um, and Faye on as well. The Faye's impact probably wasn't as great. Um, yeah, he, he certainly contributed, obviously, in terms of he got fouled um, right on the edge of the box. And, yeah, sod's law, it wouldn't be in the penalty area. I think psychologically Faye was a help because they know he's got electric pace yeah. possibly more than Cummings and it just it just gives a defender a little bit more of a negative mindset to and think mixing it up isn't it if you're playing against one striker all day then all of a sudden you've got two it does change you know what the defenders have got to work out and you know what they're doing where's he going to go uh, yeah. so it just creates a different problem um, for the game we can just force the defender to take that five yards further back where then the team drops five yards further back and you do give a little bit of that impetus up and that, that definitely helps. I thought Giles was fantastic as soon as he came on. He was sort of electric, wasn't he, running at players and, and beating them and stuff. And um, yeah, it was, he wasn't involved in the next moment, which was obviously the uh, the, the goal. But um, yeah, this is this is an interesting goal. So obviously we, we got back in it to 3-2 yeah. and um, it was Faye that, that, to be fair to him, directly running out of player, won, won, a, won a free kick. So we're sort of talking about his influence having come on and then Norburn comes up to take a, a free kick. Now, I've not seen the highlights back today. I've had an incredibly busy day today, as I told you before, Holly. So I, I don't know where... I, I'm assuming... Is, is the judgment... Because on the day, it looked like he just fired a sort of cross into the box with very low and very sort of direct, but it sort of went all the way through. Or was it, having looked at this replay back today, a shot? Yeah, so basically, it was, so in terms of the, where the position was, it basically was right on the edge of kind of the corner of yeah. the, um, the the right angle of the... Um, the, the penalty area um so basically norburn fires the ball really hard um towards um, the back post um in, inside so basically kind of and the ball just miraculously goes through a crowd of everyone including wow. onto the goalkeeper into the back of the net so for me it was one of those kind of percentage chances you went for and it worked good so so you think so are we saying shot or cross i think it was a shot it was a shot okay, where he basically enough, got it on target um um, yeah, if it was a cross, it was a, he missed it because you don't you don't preach, <laughs> put a cross on towards goal. So yeah, for me it was a shot, but playing the percentage in terms of you know if he doesn't go in, someone might get onto it or might get a rebound. It was good. I, I took a video of it. I, I tend to take a, a video every now and again, a sort of set pieces where I feel like, oh, we might score it. And so I put that on the Blue and Amber account if anyone wants to see what it was like on the day from where we were, obviously, in the West End. But um, yeah, good moment. And it, it did definitely, you know, there'd been that little bit of an impetus from Giles and Faye that been a little bit better that period just before we scored. And that goal kind of then, you know, because it was a topsy-turvy game in general... I think the fans were behind it then. They when they got to three two, you saw the players running back. They were high fiving. Laurent was buzzing around. He seemed particularly up for it. And then you just thought, do you know what? Actually, they're all up for this. Then bang up for this. And um, that, I think that kind of vibe carried us through that next minute, a minute or two, and and in towards the next goal really. Because I think we kind of got finally got on top in the game um, and sort of kept going towards getting the equaliser. Really. Yeah, there was definitely something to play for at this point. Mm, for sure. Um, and it shows you know, the the strength and um, kind of. The, the confidence in the team that you know they can keep on going. Um, so it was five minutes later. Goldborn again, interestingly, and um, playing on that left hand side crosses yep. the ball. I'd love for him to explain what he did here, but this, yeah. oh, this is how I explain it. So basically, he kind of like I say knee, but he kind of like thighed it up. 
um, and then heads over to himself and then heads into the back of the net. It was a very bizarre kind of goal. So he kind of like, yeah, hit his thigh, turned around, and then heads it into the back of the net. It was it was quite bizarre. And town fans go absolutely mental. And quite funnily enough, I had Newcastle fans, Charlton fans, um, Leicester fans, all sorts of Man United fans all started texting me and WhatsApping <laughs> me and, and Facebook messaging me, every kind of format of, my God, what's going on? You, you know, you guys are going crazy, um, which was quite funny. It was great. The medal was rocking. It was fantastic. Yeah. And as I say, they all count. I mean, that's, is that the first time Josh Lawrence scored two goals in the game? I, I think I'd have to check be. that. But I probably suspect it is, which shows he's sort of finally getting a bit better at his finishing, which is something we've lamented for quite a while. And it deser- you know, des- deserved it on the strength of his performance as well. And yeah, 3-3. I mean, I, I turned around. I thought we'll win this now. I, I was saying to them, the momentum was with us. They still looked dangerous, didn't they? Let's not say we were dominating the second half. They still looked dangerous on the break and they were still having shots and chances. And we'll, we'll come to how many they had at the end of this. But, um, you know, when you get to 3-3 at home with a crowd behind you, you you'd probably have your money on the home team going on to get a winner, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I, and I did you feel like we were going to win? I felt like we were going to win. I felt yeah, that the... Yes, um, the momentum was with us. The crowd was definitely with us. Um, I felt that we we potentially gonna. If anyone was gonna win, I thought at this point, um, maybe foolishly, it was gonna be us. And I think the referee's performance had helped that feeling because he, he got does, everyone so it? rolled we mentioned up it a few times. Yeah. We, we like being wound up by a ref. It was unifying. Um, it was still infuriating because he kept bollocksing up in the second half loads. There were so many weird decisions and stuff. I mean, they had a goal disallowed, which we should remember. I think this might have come after we went 3-3, or it might have been just before. Um, but they had a goal disallowed for offside. And I was reading some of the Bristol Rovers' responses to that. I mean, I, I can't understand how that was offside, Ollie, because it was a corner that was headed back across, cleared off the line by us, which... Town fans in the South Stand say they think they're probably across the line anyway, and it was cleared back into one of their players and then rebounded and went in the but goal. Wasn't Murphy and I'm, I'm, be further ahead? Wasn't possibly, Murphy out of possibly, position? Possibly, yeah, maybe. I, I, again, I've not seen the replay back today. So you might I haven't watched that one back actually. I forgot to, I forgot to have a look at that one. But yeah, for me, it must have been Murphy. Obviously, you know, you need two players. Yes, um, and Murphy obviously counts as normally as one of those. Yeah, yeah, but if, if the ball would have gone over the line, as a few town fans I saw were saying anyway, then that's irrelevant and it's been chalked off for offside when actually the linesman should have been putting his flag up for saying it across the line. So that was a bit of a controversial moment as well. And that's what I was trying to say about how, yes, we, we were doing better in the second half, but they were still creating great chances, particularly for corners. I thought they were they were way better at us than corners. They created a lot of their chances from corners and we we didn't defend the corners very well at all. But um, that, we've not been doing that this season. So a bit of an anomaly. I mean, one thing about Bristol Rovers is they were missing their best striker, weren't they? That, Cal- that Calvin Harris, isn't it? And Christ knows how good they would have been with it. scored so seven good. goals this season. Yeah, their, their fans weren't very happy, which... Bristol Rovers fans are never really happy. They're right. They're a very vocal bunch. Of <laughs> Stephen Payne would um, testament to that. They sounded pretty happy on Saturday, Ollie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially when they were four three up, which is I was absolutely wounded by this goal. For I was yeah. so wounded. I was pretty convinced we'd go on to win this, and it'd be another one of those Ricketts has done it. He's got us out of a hole, and we've won four three. And oh, Abu Gogo scored it, and yeah. and he didn't celebrate. It made me really sad, Ollie, because I just would have Abu Gogo back in a heartbeat. Still, he played. You know, we're not mentioned him, and we're not really talking about Mr. yet. He's so good still. Like, yeah. if we let him go because he was, you know, we thought we he didn't wasn't let him go, enough. did we? We didn't let him go, did we? But no. we'll come on. We'll come on to good. we'll come on to fan reaction to former players in a second. But I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this should be the title of the pod. But it's the hope that kills you. And yeah, yeah. it was really, um, really rejected after this. This happened, and <sighs> again, another poor goal to concede. So basically, Rovers break, and you know, love was nowhere to be seen. But as as Rickett said himself, I think we were pushing forward maybe a little bit too much. 
Um, but you can't really blame the players for trying to get the winner. Um, you know, it would have been absolutely momentous if we'd win that game. It would have been a, it would have been a, a real, huge real, season. Yeah, really yeah, one of those games that you talk about. You know, not just at the end of the season, but you know, you know, one of those games that you remember fondly. So basically, mm-hmm. Rovers break. Williams, bless him, gets done and he fouls the player. But there's a spare man. They got that many players forward. And um, basically, then <laughs> their players try to kind of control it, but he kind of fluffs it up, and it just comes to a go-go. Who um, basically is in between the penalty spot and the six-yard area, six-yard line, and fires into the back of the net, and he scores, and he just puts his hands in the air, as in like, oh, sorry. Mm. Yeah, it was it was classy, very classy of him, Ollie, um, to to not celebrate for me. And you know, he was our club captain. He was really well liked. Um, as I just described, I thought he was fantastic in the game and probably he probably deserved a goal like Laurent for his performance. So um, it, was, it was just so hard, though. Like, you know, we have ex-players scoring against all the time. Nine of them did last year. That's the fourth time an ex-player has scored against us this season. So we're, we're sort of catching that, that stat up from last year up, which was pretty record-breaking. Um, but, yeah, why, why did it have to be the winner? You know what I mean? Why did it have to be the clinching winner in a topsy-turvy 4-3 game? That's just what made it so hard to take. Yeah, it was a bit gutting. Um, and there was, <laughs> enough, never, there was still time was, for us sorry. to try and maybe try and get another equaliser. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. Um, Where to go? So, yeah, let's talk maybe now about ex-players coming back. I think it's outrageous that people booed Agogo and Rodman. Um, yeah, I just I find it just... It's just brain dead kind of behaviour um, to boo a player and I saw some guy you know I saw you um, have a little bit of dialogue with a guy mm. on Twitter um, saying you know how dare he how I, I just I just find it so bizarre that you know Agogo's got no connection to Shrewsbury he was on a contract with Shrewsbury and he was expiring and Coventry offered him more money yeah. you know why would he not take that money um, and look after his family and have a better standing living based on earning more from your employer. I'm sure, Glyn, if a, uh, you know, an engineering or you know, consultancy company came along to you and offered <laughs> you an extra 20k a year, yeah. you, know, you would take it because everyone no, Ollie, does. I, I love my hometown. <laughs> no, but you, I, I but, play for the badge on my company. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> love your company leave. so much. that. No, joking. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit... It's just a bit naive, I think, for people to yeah. think that... Um, and to be honest, another thing as well, if a go-go had celebrated and raised and ran and celebrated with his fans, I wouldn't have begrudged him doing that either. I think sometimes this whole not celebrating... I know, Agogo had some good memories of us, so I think that's fair enough. Brilliant memories. But I hate it when you have, like, I don't know, a player who scored on... We've had players who have been on loan of us not celebrate. I think that's a little bit over the top. yeah. Um, But I think there's a line there. But I don't think... You know me, I'll boo a man. I, I, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'll boo a Shrewsbury Town player if he's been totally shit. That, that's fine. I, I'm there to express my opinion as a town fan. I paid the money. Uh, whether it's good or bad, you know, depends on what I've seen on the pitch. And I've booed loads of ex-players. You know, I'll always boo Ivan Tony. I'll always probably boo Tom Eves if he ever came back because they're players that really let us down you boo for the most um, part. Ivan Tony. Yeah, exactly. But we're talking about players that put their heart and body and soul into this best season you know that pretty much most of us can remember and all in the terms of games he played for well, us in season exactly, four yeah. but just for that moment just for some of those moments you know going to Wembley twice or every, everything that went on I, I, can't, I can't really get my head around it and I, it's not for me to say to someone how dare you be like that right because I just said I'm the sort of person that will go to a game and anyone can express really what they want it's their choice they pay their money that's fine but for me my, my personal stand would be there's no way I'd boo a go-go or there's no way I'd boo Rodman I, I was staggered staggered when Rodman got booed when he came on you know he was probably probably likeable chap old guy you know quite old in his career workman-like he came in and had a, a season of unbelievable promise and 
you know, we didn't, it wasn't like Rodman left. We actually kind of, he was one of the ones we didn't want to keep, wasn't he, when Askey came in. So, bizarre. The whole thing's bizarre. And it's not the first time it's happened, is it? We booed Nolan at Ipswich. Fucking Nolan. He was an absolutely amazing player for us. And yeah, I think it's a bit different maybe and we with Nolan. Sold him and we yeah. mo- monster profit. But it's because he went with Hurst, isn't it? And yeah, that's that, that tag. I but... just find it so odd. I'd love it if people want to come back at us and, you know, prove and tell yeah, us Yeah, tell us wrong. wrong that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I just don't get it. I don't get it either. And I think there's, and, and you know, our view is not universal. There's clearly a, a a strong amount of people that feel like they want to boo anyone that comes back nowadays. I think, honestly, we boo pretty much... Everyone. Someone boos everybody I think people go home and boo their mum, don't they, or their wife? Or... <laughs> so bitter. Like, I'm bitter, but, like, you got to... I don't know. I can't get my head around it. Ivan, Tony, Eva, Eves, stuff like that, I can understand... Slightly pantomime venom, but yeah, yeah. Ivan Tony, you know, didn't didn't really work at all. Went away with a bit of an arrogance to him, chip on his shoulder, and was a bit crap. But yeah, players that have done really well for you, and you know, why you know, oh, it's just it's just a bit it's a bit the, unnecessary. The, just, the justification always seems to be well, they went away because they wanted more money. And if you were going to, you know, you if that's your justification, you will boo every player that leaves Shrewsbury Football Club well, then, because yeah. everyone who leaves us will go on and get more money, pretty much. So. Fine, just you just keep booing everybody, even if they've been brilliant. For well, us. if you what's, boo, what's that point? means you should like honor. If, if you boo a player for leaving for money, then I really don't hope that those guys take promotions or you know take take new jobs. Um, <laughs> I because... can't wait to see what happens when Dean Anderson ever comes back one day. <laughs> Do you reckon he'll get booed? I doubt it, mind you. It's a whole different situation, but very odd. It's just yeah, really interesting. It's, it's first starting to notice it this season how bitter we've become. But there we go. It's, it's we've, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Exactly. Talking we... of opinions, Glenn. Um, yes. I did a poll on who was worse, the ref or the players, and he's ended <laughs> exactly 50-50. Oh, well, there you which go. is quite funny. Fair. So I think, yeah, yeah I think it's fair to say that the, the fans were not happy with the ref or the players after this one, and which links nicely onto who should get dropped the next game. Now, we don't normally do this. <laughs> this no. is a new, a new segment for us, but I think some of the performances are so poor. I think it's, you know, it's right to say, you know, who's gonna, who, who would you start in your next game, Glyn, on, <sighs> uh, on Saturday against Mansfield? I drop Murphy for O'Leary. Yeah. I drop Beckles for Ebanks Landau. Yeah, and shuffle them around. I would. I'd, yeah, I'd agree with both of those. I, I maybe I wouldn't do that. Maybe I'd even play Goldborn and Giles and Goldborn yeah. as one of the centre backs. Maybe yeah, maybe drop Williams because he made some mistakes as well. Um, I was about to say that I'd be tempted to rest Williams. Um, yeah. Love I'd play. I wouldn't miss and play Giles left wing back Goldborn yeah. on the left centre. Norburn, Norburn. I don't know this week. I've. Like I, I, I know you put him in your top three. We'll get to that in a minute. That's because I didn't know else to put. I don't. I've seen him twice again this week, and I just, I'm not sure what he's bringing week in, week out as this inspirational captain who's our most expensive player of all time. I, I don't know. I, I it's hard. I don't know. I, I I'm still fifty fifty on Auburn. I mean, Edwards deserves to start. He's been generally good over the two games. Thompson probably he could probably deserve another start. He was pretty dynamic and but drifted out of it as the game went on. Um, Cummins is our best striker, so I play him every week. So. I don't know, there's a, there's a few to point fingers out, isn't Another there? way you could do it is you could play Thompson and Lauren as a central two, play Dangerous Dave and play Okunabiri and Cummings. Yeah. That's I, how I, I would do well, it. Well, if we're ever going to play two bloody strikers against a League Two team exactly. um, yeah. who've got pretty low ebb, um, I'd just go out there and just try and annihilate them with two good strikers, Jars on the left. Um, and just, yeah, obviously Lauren and um, Thompson would be like having, yeah, two League One Kantes in terms of the distance they could cover. Um, so, yeah, it'd be quite a dynamic midfield. He's he's a bit like Ben Godfrey Thompson, isn't he? To me, a little bit from from having looked at him a bit more over this week, but obviously not quite at that level at this stage. But he could could be one day. Um, but I one I wouldn't be dropping anyone for the shop. <laughs> so you You've know, got a I bit of use point... for the shop. 
I don't care. I'm like, it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm not pleased that the guy got over his long term injury and is still got a career. That's, that, that's fantastic. To, yeah, he was going kind of trying to insinuate that yes. you were not happy for him or something. You were slagging him off. No. You were just saying that he's not a particularly good player. Which, no, without being too rude, he, he's not really. Otherwise, he would have but, scored a load of goals for us. Before he did his knee injury, I was always harsh on him. I didn't think he was League One quality, and I didn't think he was the sort of player we really need to be pushing on. You know, it's, it's a waste of a striker spot. I'm sure he's not getting paid a great deal, but you know, we need some quality in the attacking positions because we don't score enough goals. So I'd still be happy. I'm still be expecting him to leave in January when his contract's up. So, but obviously he came on in this game, and and that's fine. And and great moment for him again, like the one when he came on the checker trade. But we were drawing when he came on, and we lost three three four. So I, I'm blaming him. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, he didn't really do anything when he came on and didn't really look like a, a player. So I don't know. It's not about him as a person. I am actually delighted for him as a person because I've had the same injury as any injury. You know, I'm not a professional footballer, but it does affect your life. Um, and it is a hard injury to get over and, and still be active even, let alone play professional football. So I am delighted for the bloke. I think it's fantastic. And I think if he went down to League Two, he probably would settle down there and, and get a few more seasons of being a, a useful player to someone. I just, for me, yeah. he's not a I good think super think his contract player. ends, doesn't it? Um, in January, yeah. Yeah, in January. So it's a nice story. And if he'd scored, Great. it would have been a fantastic yeah. story. But I think... I, I think, would have never gone back if he'd have scored. <laughs> yeah, I think... I wouldn't I, have... <laughs> To be fair, we know, we, you know, we think we, I think we agree, and we can leave it there. That yeah, while yeah. we like him, and he's, he's a great story. He's, he's probably not, you know, he's not on par with Cummings um, and um, Ockenberry. Different players, obviously, but you know, he's not a Morrison, is he, or um, you know, someone like that who had, who had no. playing at front of that target role. So we're not a charity. Yeah. So you, interestingly, you, um, as you were trying to get ready for the pod, Glenn, you mentioned about um, someone said to you that you know we dominated the game. So. It's worth mm. just checking at the stats. So we did actually have fifty three percent possession, so that's interesting. But we only had six, we only had six shots to um, Bristol Rovers' thirteen, so they had more than twice. But interesting, we had three on target and we scored three. So you know, it's very strange <laughs> for us to be lamenting our and um, yeah, efficient efficient attacking stats. So yeah, we scored three goals and three stops from three shots. So that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, looking at that. It- yeah, we did have slightly more of the ball. I think that's fair. I probably didn't notice that on the day, but it's that quality. It's almost that balance, isn't it, of the shots as well that makes you think that Bristol yeah, Rovers... it's the shots. I, I, would, I would stick with it. I think Bristol Rovers shaded that game and probably yeah, I think so too. just about deserved to win it. Um, as harsh as it is on us for a credible second half, you know, a sort of well, credible at times fight back at certain parts of the game. I, you know, I, th- I thought Bristol Rovers were good. The Rovers, we, we gifted them three goals, didn't we? Let's be honest. But they did work really hard and they kind of. So interestingly, on those the mistakes. You know, when does when does when is a mistake a forced mistake? And I think quite a few of them they they worked hard to kind of earn those the, uh, those turnovers. Of yeah. Play. Um, yeah. So oh, I think well. that's enough of that. Anyway, let's do top three. Um, and <laughs> yeah, then get on to pretty obvious. Pretty obviously was man of the match for me. Um, two goals, of, of probably one of his more influential midfield performances of the season, um, if not one of his best games. If I mean, in all honesty, um, Josh Laurent. I thought he was. I've been a bit hard on Laurent at times this season. When similar to Norburn, I, I think there's been more to come out of them in games, particularly those ones we've not won or, or, or lost. Um, but yeah, this is the Josh Laurent we need to see consistently. Like you said earlier on in the podcast, Ollie, and if he keeps that form up, um, he certainly deserves to start every week. So yeah, great, two good goals. Um, I went for Goldborn again, similar to the Bradford game. I just think he's so quietly efficient and is now showing his worth at the fact that he could drop into centre-back as well and looked decent enough there. Um, yeah, I thought he was good. I'm impressed with him. And 
yeah, similar to you, I didn't really know what to do about third place, so I went for Edwards um, because he's had a good week. He's proved his worth to the football club. Um, he had maybe a bit more of an attacking threat than most of the midfielders in this game, so I don't think I'll play in the next game probably because he'd be too knackered. But um, yeah, that was my third place, and it, it, it was pretty close for third. Cool. So I went for um, for Lauren, obviously, um, Goldburn, as you said, and, and I really struggle for third. Um, I really couldn't think of anyone to put here, so I went for Norburn because I didn't think he did anything particularly too wrong. Um, Cummings like worked hard, but nothing really happened for him. Maybe Cummings, maybe I should have put him, but yeah, it's you know quite um, quite poor. Do you know what I mean about Norburn? Like about how he seems he he should be doing more than he's doing. Or am I being harsh? What do you think? I don't know. I, I, maybe something. To, maybe 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 set me the challenge to have a have a think about Norbert yeah, and watch him the next few week. games. Yeah, um, okay. He was a bit of a passenger maybe in this game. Um, it'd be interesting to so interesting actually I was doing a bit of analysis on passes, so you know we got to nearly four hundred passes this game. So it was quite a high passing game. It'd be interesting to know how many of those passes were actually um Norburn um, and what kind of influence he had on the game. But yeah, maybe something just to to keep an eye on. He's definitely the kind of yeah. player that does create a few comments. I remember Phil being quite critical of, of Norburn. Um so yeah, it's, it's something to maybe keep an eye on. And again, a shout out to people listening. What do you think? You know, how do you think Norburn's getting on? Let's have a maybe when we post that on Twitter this week and get a discussion going. Yeah. I think that that you know most expensive shoe town player ever tag also affects how people look at Norburn as well. Maybe I'm not, maybe not I'm me guilty personally, of that as well. But I think that's yeah. a fair comment. No, but I think it does. Yeah. Okay, we'll wrap this up then with Ricketts' comments, Ollie. Yep. So he was obviously disappointed to lose the game, that's what he said. So we started slowly and gave away some soft goals. You're telling us. Um, we got back yeah. into the game. It was superb. Um, but back to 3-3. Maybe we're a bit too open and we conceded. You know, he, he kind of commented on his own changes, thought the changes worked well. Um, and as we said, you know, three of the four goals, we you know, were easily avoidable um, and it was unlike us. Um, and is, then on yeah. the pan, he said, I don't understand why Rob's, Rob's, um, Thompson would go down. Not enough contact. That doesn't make any sense. Very silly. He was saying if there was contact, it was a pen. So, yeah, you know, you can see where he's kind of sided on the pen. Um, so yeah. not not the result we wanted. Um, fin- leaves are still in mid table, um, and yeah, I guess we look forward to an FA Cup game again. Yeah, true enough. I mean, we, we'll probably just wrap wrap the pod up here, really, rather than going into too much detail. We've got a bit of salad news to cover, but it's probably just it's injury stuff. I mean, Wally's got a calf injury, so it could be out a few weeks. Yeah, well, like Goss, um, where's he? He's got a toe injury, toe injury. but he's okay. close to being back, he said. So um, that's why he's missed the last few games. Um, although people saw him leaving the car park. Um, like, oh, I saw just, this. Just, this is funny. Just game. But apparently it's because he needed to go and get some grub. So he went to get some food and I believe he came back afterwards. So um, people were like, oh, he's gone. He, he must have been disappointed. He's, not he doesn't play, give but... a shit about the fans or the team. <laughs> he's, he's, he's only only thinks about his stomach, but no, it's fair enough. Well, that's how rumours start, though, isn't it? So I'm glad to put that rumour to bed. He seemed quite chipper about it on Twitter and it was quite a normal thing. So there we go. Um... Yeah, new new coach really. Uh, Dean Whitehead um, has come in, who's yep. an ex Sunderland player, I think, wasn't he? For them in the Premiership. Yeah, played for, um, played for um, Stoke most of his career, didn't he? Was it Stoke? Was it okay? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'm getting confused. Um, so yeah, he's come in to take over from. We obviously let one of our staff members go recently to was it Huddersfield? I think so. Um, yeah, it's interesting because he was a development coach, and now we yeah. have replaced um, a development coach with um, a first team coach. So that's yeah. obviously a change there. Might be a might be that some people have got different roles now within the coaching structure it'd be interesting to see if anything else has changed I suppose but we don't know at this stage um, and that's it we did we did prediction on the last podcast for some unknown reason Ollie for the Oxford game yeah no of us um, noticed normally we both <laughs> notice if one of us makes mistakes so I have no idea who actually made this mistake we can't claim to who it was God knows and the detective tried to find out and he had no idea um, no 
to replace so we do need to do another there. prediction now and we? you were there happy we not to do one because yeah because as fair to say you've got a lead so I thought it was a bit cheeky I don't know whether no, that was well, just you couldn't be bothered or you thought you had a lead <laughs> I don't know I don't know but we'll just well, let's do the prediction for Mansfield because obviously that's our next game before we do that we should win that's my view of this Ollie we should be getting into round three really home yeah. against Mansfield oh, is before, a, before we get a into Mansfield's game I just want to talk about the league did you see the um, Accrington Stanley result uh, yes, they smashed uh, Bolton, didn't they? I thought Which that was, was absolutely see. hilarious. So, yeah, so FFP, <laughs> Accrington Stanley, who played by the rules, against Bolton, who've just taken out a loan. As soon as they got brought, took out a loan for £26 million. So, obviously, they're, obviously die, lot old habits die die hard. And they mm. got absolutely spanked in their in their big away day. So, that, that end would have been full, wouldn't it, of probably... I find Bolton fans, obviously... The bigger fan base, the more morons you get. But Bolton do seem to have quite a lot of morons. Um, so I thought this when I saw this result, I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I can only imagine the um, Bolton fans sulking on the way end. Hopefully they got pissed on by the rain um, <laughs> as they got spanked seven one by Atkinson Stanley. Probably one of Basically. their lowest moments um, in their yes. recent history. I thought it was just hilarious. No, particularly as they just got back into not positive points and exactly. winning some games. I could do twenty. Uh, anyway, this is a long part, so we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Exactly. But I could do twenty five minutes on the the decision to not. Yeah, we'll come back to that. We've got a few oh, things. Let's visit that next yeah, week. Yeah, I've also done that um, coefficient I mentioned on Twitter, where you look at your previous results yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I've done that. I've, we're gonna call it the Danny Coyne coefficient. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, always look at his results over the course of two seasons. So I've done the Danny Coyne coefficient, and we'll bring that back next week. Obviously, Good stuff. FA Cup next week. So yeah, let's bring that next next week. But but yeah, so Mansfield at home, you're expecting a win, Glenn. What are you gonna what score are you gonna go for? Mm, I'm gonna go for us to win three one. Three where's one. that come from? I don't know where that's come from. Okay. Just my gut feeling. I think we might I think we we found out how to score goals again, haven't we? And I doubt we'll let, let a load in against Mansfield. Yeah. So three one I'm going for. I'm gonna go for a two nil win. Um Solid. Mansfield. So how are they doing? So recent results. Um they um, won away at Warsaw. Um, back back in October, then on the second November they um, lost to Colchester at home. Then they mm-hmm. beat Chorley at home in the FA Cup in the Checker Trade, and they beat Burton two one. But we don't know what team they put out. They drew with Mac- Macclesfield um, away from home, and then they got beaten by Grant's um, Swindon one um, nil this weekend. So a mixed bag, and considering how much money they spent, fifteenth is clearly not acceptable for their owners. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know it's not. They're not having a fantastic season. Obviously, they've gone through the most recent results. I think they're 15th, aren't they, in League 2? So it's not like they're, they're stellar. So as I say, I think I'm going to stick with my expectation that we should win. Um, I, I did mean to look at that near our ex-players, but I don't think we have at the moment. So you can do some fun prep in the week and get some stuff out on Twitter. <laughs> Good, good stuff but I like you know it's the FA Cup I, I do enjoy the FA Cup that's the whole reason I went to Bloody Bradford this week is that it's still an important trophy to me the FA Cup so yeah I want to progress and I'd love, love us to be in that hat for the third round Ollie and uh, yeah we'll be off to play Mourinho Spurs I reckon <laughs> um, yeah there's a lot going on it'd be interesting to be yeah we're not going to get Starbridge I think pretty sure they lost in the last round Aww. so yeah hopefully we can get um, a big big um, away um, big away tie because you the way the rules work is after expenses you split the attendance 50 50 um so getting a big you know uh, my favorite would be liverpool away that would be amazing yeah i'd, li- I'd like to do that but also go somewhere we might actually have a prayer have of a winning, winning. yes yeah. <laughs> well, we could beat liverpool so maybe somewhere somewhere like united 
Yeah, okay, we'd have a were, chance. They were crap today against Sheffield United. They were lucky to <laughs> play well for five minutes and a few goals. Exactly. But... No, but that, that's honestly true. They would never play their best team against us, and their reserves are get outable for a decent league to one team. You know, it's happened a fair few times before. And also, you'd make more money going to Man United because it'd almost certainly be pretty close to a sellout. I reckon. Yeah, loaded tourists. So that, that'd be the, that. Yeah, exactly. Loaded tourists. So I reckon that'd be that'd be the one, and we'd roll out of Old Trafford with a two-one victory. Um, singing John Lewis's name from the stands as we went, which would be amazing, wouldn't it? So um, there we go. We'll, we can dream on, can't we? Uh, anyway, let's let's wrap it up here, Ollie. We look forward to the FA Cup, and yeah, we should all we should be back next Sunday, hoping we progressed. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh!